Hello, this is Robert Rickover at alexanderaudio.com. And today my guest is Jennifer Kello, who's an Alexander Technique teacher and a registered nurse. And she works uh, and teaches in Jersey City and in, in Manhattan. And we've had one conversation with her about her, her background and how she got into Alexander Technique teaching. And to, we're going to have two more. This one is going to be primarily about her work with premature babies and babies who've been brain injured. Um, and, uh, and her website, which talks a lot about this topic, is alexanderbabies.com. We'll put a link to it next to the interview. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thank you, Robert. So uh, I know in our last conversation you you said a little bit how you got interested or in this whole topic, and maybe you could just say a little bit about that again, but mostly I'd like you to talk about what you, how you work with premature babies and babies who've been brain injured, and in a second conversation, we're going to talk about how you work with uh, babies who have don't have those issues and their parents. But today, mm-hmm. for now, the pre- the preemies and the brain injured babies, what what do you how do how do you, how can you help them? Well, when I was learning Alexander technique, taking Alexander lessons, I was working as a nurse in newborn intensive care where there were a lot of premature infants and infants with heart problems and all kinds of different problems. And I found that the infants that were really having trouble moving forward and getting better to go home suddenly started to change when I was holding them and directing my own use. So they started to eat if they couldn't eat before. They started to sleep if they weren't able to stay asleep before. Um, they, they were breathing more easily. They were even the cardiac um, babies were continuing to stay pink instead of um, having trouble, you know, keeping their circulation going. So that's what motivated me to become an Alexander teacher. And I, I discovered that the use of myself, that my own tension, my own stress was being translated through my hands to these infants. And it was not just me. I mean, this is what's happening with anyone who's handling the infants Um, because there was such a difference when I was able to bring myself to a more coordinated, easy, calm use of myself uh, while I was in contact with the infants. So I was, I worked in the intensive care unit and I pretty much got this reputation of they would give me the babies that were the sickest and see if I could help turn them around. And, and I certainly did. And many um, stories about that. After that, I went on to work in pediatric home care where the infants may not have been born premature, but they had brain injury for some reason. And these infants were in their first year of life too. I would work with each infant for a couple of years and document um, what changes happened as um, as I would work with them. And I gave them like what I call mini Alexander lessons. Again, I wasn't trying to do anything really with them. I, I was working with them, but really paying attention to my own use as I interacted with them. And I found that 
what was really remarkable about the brain-injured infants is that they were always trying to move forward developmentally. They were using whatever they had to coordinate themselves, to eat well, to breathe, and whatever we saw, that was their best effort. And with the Alexander, that could be refined. So for an example, an infant who would have, say, cerebral palsy, and this say this infant's a year old or a year and a half, uh, so it's really like a a baby, a young toddler, um, they might have trouble sitting up um, because of muscle spasms. And because of that, they tr- would try harder, and then they would end up um, throwing up their feeding. And then that upset would trick them into something else. And with the Alexander technique, when I would use that with myself and put my hands on them, I could get their whole system to calm down. So whatever they were trying to do, they could do. If it was open their hand, close their hand, roll over, sit up, whatever it was. And often I would find with the cerebral palsy um, infants that they would send, they were sending the correct message, but the opposite thing would happen. If they wanted to open their hand, um, their hand would close. Then when to close their hand, their hand would open. And you could see the frustration in them. And with the Alexander Technique, interacting with them, we were able to modulate that. So what they really wanted to have happen would happen. That's an example. Um, and oh, can, I, can I interrupt you here for just a second? Mm-hmm. For someone who's listening to this, it might be mm-hmm. a little puzzling when you talk about you looking after your own use Okay. And that helping the helping the uh, the baby, uh, I guess my understanding of it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that you're when you say you're looking after your own use, you're consciously preventing harmful physical patterns within your own body using using the Alexander technique, and with your hands on the baby that gets transferred to the baby in the same way in some ways that an alexander technique lesson takes place although it's much more direct you're not really talking to the baby probably so much as you would with an adult is that is that kind of match what yes you see is going on yes and i can clarify that a little bit um it is very similar to a regular alexander lesson in that kind of interaction. With, um, with an infant, they're wired for social interaction. That's the highest, um, that's their highest response. So everything is at, is for that. Like if an infant, um, they'll, if they're not very well regulated, they'll even stop breathing in order to stay in interaction with you. That's how important human interaction is. It's their survival. So everything else will go by the wayside just to stay in interaction with you. And what's happening is it's a two-way street, and this happens with adults too, in that um, the, the infant, if they're distressed, they will distress the caretaker. So the caretaker will start to use more tension without realizing it. Then the caretaker is in hands-on with that infant they're translating that back to the infant and saying, yes, keep going in that direction. Then the infant may get more distressed and feed that back to the caretaker. And pretty soon you almost have a battle of wills. Mm-hmm. This can happen with the caretaker or the parent or whoever. And um, it's interfering with whatever the goal is at the moment. If the goal is to calm the baby or feed the baby or to get the baby down to sleep or whatever it is, it, 
that all that excess tension interferes. But an, a person who knows the Alexander technique can be conscious about the response they are having to the baby. And they can alter that response. They can interrupt that and go back to letting their neck be free, their head release forward and up, their spine lengthen, their back widen. And the ba- then they're sending that response through the hands to the baby. Then the baby st- st- starts to follow that. And then you have a different feedback loop. So now the baby is calming and the baby will send back a message to the caretaker or the mother. Oh, I'm getting it. I'm calming down. And then the mother or the caretaker or the father still hands on is sending back a yes, let's go this direction. This is nice. And it's pretty soon you have a whole different interaction, which is very wonderful and rewarding to both. And I think you, you mentioned to me that, uh, F. Matthias Alexander, who is the originator of the Alexander Technique, was himself a premature baby. That's something I didn't know. And I believe you have some ideas of how that may have affected uh, the development of the technique. Absolutely, I do. So I I was doing all this work with the babies, not knowing any, not knowing that Alexander was born preterm. I mean, it was years later that I found that out in in um and in reading about his history i saw suddenly put it together um that he was born at 7 months instead of 9 months and i know exactly what that means because human evolution doesn't change that much so somebody born in 1865 is going to have the same um setup as someone born now in terms of um their systems their body systems uh fetal development so Alexander had a respiratory problem at birth. He was born before the lungs were fully mature. And he also had a feeding problem. If you have a respiratory problem, you're going to have a feeding problem because you have to be able to um, breathe in order to eat. You have to, you have to have that system regulated. And I found in the use of the self a quote from Alexander where he said that once he had solved his own problem of... Um, you know, the problem he had with the hoarseness, once he had worked out his whole process, not only did he solve that problem, but he had solved the problem of respiratory and nasal difficulties that he had had since birth. It is, it is a quote in the use of the self. Oh, that's interesting, because I've read that quote, and I never, I never connected it with, uh, with him being premature. So that's, that's right. a fascinating bit of information. Um, I'm wondering if um, we could... S- spend a little bit of time talking about specifically um, how you are working with with babies in terms of just the lo- uh, premature babies in terms of the logistics for someone who's in in the New York area or the Jersey City area what wh- how do you actually work with them do you visit come to people's homes or ha- ha- how does that work basically <laughs> Either they, they, uh, the parents bring the baby or babies to me um, in my office in Jersey City, or if they're so young and just home from the hospital, I will travel to them in their home. And um, I go for mainly the younger they are, the faster they, they will pick this up. But it's, it's a, a, a few sessions, maybe... There's a lot that can be done in one session of several hours. 
um, if I work with, uh, say, twins. Um, and I go into the home, say, and the first thing that I do is I um, ob- observe the infants and how they are responding to their environment. So how will they respond to me when I introduce myself to them? Or how, how do they respond when they're awaken- awakening? And then I observe um, a breastfeeding um, with the with a mother or a bottle feeding, um, and I I look at how the baby is coordinating, sucking the feeding, swallowing and breathing, and usually they're they're off right there. There's um, a major um, malcoordination right there that is that is the problem that the parents are trying to respond to in their body and solve, um, but it's getting further and further afield from a normal feeding. And then I will, um, I'll work with the baby with their suck using a pacifier or um, my finger or some kind of oral stim. And I, I work to see what they, what they are using to, um, to compensate for, for the suck. They, they can do many things to compensate. And sometimes when they're premature, they will, um, they will get overwhelmed and they will not have a, a state of being alert and sucking that they can stay in very long. So they're very, very quickly changed states from being asleep and almost limp and a little bit not breathing so well, not breathing so fully um, and wanting to go back to sleep to a few minutes of suck, uh, no, a few seconds of a kind of a discoordinated suck to being beat red and crying, just screaming. They, they just fluctuate really quickly between these states. So you can imagine how frustrating it is for the parents to try and help them regulate. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's, a, that's an example of, of one thing that might be happening. So I, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe um, we've provided enough information for people in your area to, if, if they want to investigate more, they can contact you through your website. Um, if Great. they have a premature baby or a baby with brain, brain injury, what, what would be the earliest uh, that uh, you would work with a baby? Days old or what, what's, what's, the, uh, how, what's the youngest baby you've worked with? Um, I work with the baby in the first two months, first mm-hmm. month. Mm-hmm. As soon as they're home from the hospital, I have worked in the hospital with a premature with premature infants, but those are usually uh, a month or so old already. So yes, the, the fir- by the end of the first month, um, for a newborn, anytime, anytime. Right. Well, we're going to have another conversation in in a moment, separate conversation about your work with with babies and and uh their parents in general, but certainly if you're in the in the New York area and you have a premature or brain brain injured baby and uh, what Jennifer's talking about resonates with you, uh give her a call or send her an email. Her website is alexander babies.com we'll put a link to it next to these interviews and Jennifer thank you so much for being on the show today thank you